welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with the one and only Suave the Jedi. He is blessed with supernatural musical ability, which enables him to transcend time and space to gain unprecedented access to our hearts and minds inspiring us to dig deep and love at our fullest potential. In this conversation, we discuss growing up in rural America, finding comfort and refuge in music, while highlighting his journey of becoming with Suave's latest album entitled, I Mean, Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presents. Get it, baby. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you all are wondering, is he ever going to have guests on his podcast again? Because he's been doing solo episodes for the last few weeks. But fret you not. I have an amazing guest joining me today who goes by Adam Kirill McQueen, <laughs> also known as Suave, the Jedi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a wonderful introduction, man. I'm, I'm I'm solid. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh we're on the, we're on the the cusp of the new year. Uh, a lot of things have kind of come and gone, but just in this space of recognizing the winds along the way mm. while processing the shadow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All we do is win. That's what uh. DJ Khaled, Young T-Pain, like to say, you know? Yeah, T-Pain, probably one of the most underrated influences on music history, oh. in all of history. Doc, T-Pain is so ill. I saw him at um, I saw him at Lovers and Friends this year. That was the first time I'd ever seen him live. And his <laughs> it's crazy, too, like hearing his discography and how ingrained he is on, you know, a lot of today's artists just Mm -hmm. the way that they approach music even but you could tell how vastly different he is because of his his depth of knowledge of music theory like the dude is a crazy with harmony his bars are witty he's just like a funny like he's joy Mm -hmm. you know he's so joyful like bro it was fucking 102 degrees outside in las vegas this guy comes out in (laughs) in like jeremy scott sneakers cargo pants <laughs> like it is like 102 out dog and he's like jumping and fucking mm-hmm. playing his hits and they were doing mashups he did one crazy uh mashup of the mask off beat with like booty work i think mm. and it was it was stupid bro I, dude yeah he's a full-on performer i like how we just started the podcast talking about <laughs> yeah. only on opening presents yeah. i remember seeing him in san diego there was a uh a concert called street scene mm. so he came and it was like an outdoor venue uh thing and he performed amazing performance and then like after the performance or like towards the end of it he was like hey we're gonna be having a party at like the w like whatever like hotel <laughs> and like me and my friends were like oh like let's go party with t-pain so we like drove to the hotel oh, and couldn't find him but then i was like thinking later i was like 
He's not. He that was for the girls. That wasn't. He doesn't want to <laughs> yeah. hang out with a bunch of twenty-year-old dudes. Like what the fuck? No, like man. we're like out here like trying to kick it with him and shit. And I was that was like, the Wait. detour, dude. Yeah, that was. Guys. It was so funny yeah. for us to like to do that. But yeah. anyways, well, T Pain, if you hear this, like I'm I'm down to be on your show. Yeah, Nappy Boy Radio. Mm. But yeah, so where are you from? I want to learn more a little a little bit more about the man who is sitting before me, who just po the, the literally just pulls up to like. <laughs> anything that i'm like at or whatever you'll just like slide in and just like show up which i really appreciate because you don't need other people to kind of validate your movements Mm -hmm. before you decide you just kind of make a choice and you show up regardless of who's going to be there or whatever um but yeah let's dive back into what home was like and maybe the experiences that turned you into the man that you are today Mm. Well, uh, yeah, before I get started, man, I, I want to thank you for uh, being a source of light, you know? It's interesting you say how I pop in and out of places, but you're, you know, you're in the exact same place as I am, and to to see and to feel your presence there is always um, warm and, and welcoming, so um, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, man, home for me is a lot of places. Uh, I was born in... Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places. Um, my grandmother was in the in the army, and she worked for the Union Pacific Railroad. So that's how my my mother, you know, and my father ended up being there because they were there because my grandma was there. And so I got roots in Utah. And then when I was about five, when my sister was born, we ended up moving to Eastern Oregon. So I lived in. Uh, Umatilla County for the better half of five years as well. And, uh, that was an interesting upbringing. I mean, I've, I've lived in rural places pretty much my whole life. Um, and I think my parents thought that maybe that life was a bit slower for them, um, and much easier for my sister and I to come into our own. Um, and they were kids having kids too, you know, like thinking back, I'm like, damn, if I was 25 with two kids right now that's crazy you know so um no childhood was great man um of course there are a lot of things that happen as a kid that you don't necessarily understand um the implications of but when you talk about development you know i had some some amazing years of solitude and um you know, talk about showing up to places and just being like, I had a lot of space, um, to be and to exist very early on. You know, my, uh, I think my mom recognized very early that I was and like a lot of us black kids. Our, our essence is just vastly, uh, different than those around us. And we, are able to synthesize and articulate information differently and feeling and, and empathy. And I was the kind of kid that was very creative, but I also caught on to patterns very quickly. And so I ended up being a distraction for the other kids. You know, I'd get my school done and I'd be like, hey, what's up? And that's how you turn into the archetype or the class count or clown or whatever. So she pulled my ass out of public school um, while we were in Oregon. And that started the path of, like, really diving into art. And, um, you know, my family is, like, a huge 
music family. You know, like mm. my mom was a background singer for a couple of artists in the 90s. My pops was from Maryland, D.C., so he's heavy into, you know, go-go music. And that's like, that's that's some shit, you know what I mean? Big band stuff. So I was very introduced. I was introduced to it at a very early age. And it was just, it was a place for me to, it wasn't just to escape. It was like to see the world outside of the, the world that I had seen, you know, in the physical realm. It was, uh, it was beautiful. And it was a place where I could really like explore theory because there's so many notes on a keyboard. There's so many sounds you could hit on, on, a, on a drum set. Um, and that's what sparked my, a lot of my creative endeavors that, I, that I'm into now. I get to draw from my early childhood. But um, to get back into the story, uh, you know, um, my sister and I were at the behest of, you know, what happens when kids <laughs> fall in love and do things because they it's conventional for them and when it doesn't work you know you got to split so we were a part of a um, split household my parents divorced and um, my sister and I ended up you know kind of just traipsing around the country wherever my parents were comfortable so whether that would be in California and Lancaster with my my dad's uh, mother stayed there for a while hot as shit I just remember, I just remember California being hot as fuck, and my grandma lived in this uh, standalone guest house, and I remember it was I was very fond of that time because I was around a time when like Birdman Lugs had dropped. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> dude, dude, the Birdman Lugs are crazy. It was like the it was like the fucking Air Force One, but like the affordable one, and it had like these pink, these baby pink layers on it almost like this art that you have here is like that pink color with that green and then a white shoe mm. and then i got this fucking dope ass pirates fitted cap that i just thought i was balling in bro but my dad specifically was like yeah you can't get any of those other colors because you know yeah mm. <laughs> like that was like a very that's something that i've always had to like come to terms with as a kid is that like here is reality right here's our reality and then here's how other people see <laughs> you and that's not your reality but you have to go along with it because you know there's rules so music has always been a space for me to break those rules mm. um and be comfortable with living um with duality and uh so yeah from from California we ended up moving to Minnesota for a while. And we stayed there for a little bit while my mom figured out her uh, our living situation. And the reason why Minnesota was the landing place was because my grandfather, her dad, had moved there and uh, she wanted to rekindle her relationship with him. Mm. And so through that process, my sister and I ended up living in Maryland for a while too. And that was beautiful. You know, my dad's has a huge family. They're all on like, it's you know Wakanda is is cool, but like Maryland D.C. is like, bro, there's nothing but black people and like black wealth. Like, and my dad comes from, you know, a, a family that's wealthy. Like, they're all on old plantations, right? Like, they have these massive estates and 
you know, land and, and they took us to, you know, I got to see how he grew up, you know, they go out to like Chesapeake Bay and, and fucking go crab. They just get big ass black industrial bags full of blue crab and then they just throw the shit on the table and say, mm. go, go crazy. You that know sounds what I mean? amazing. Oh my God, dude. I fucking I love seafood. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of getting used to the law of impermanence very early on, you know, nothing was ever as I had thought it was. And as soon as I got attached to it, it, I was snatched away from it. I dealt with that for so long. Like I was in, I was in such a influential age because at that time, you know, my teachers were, you know, red man, method man, you know, uh, music soul child, fucking Stevie wonder, Michael Jackson, you know, I had nothing but my headphones and fucking a Walkman for the longest time. Because, you know, friend groups were very far and few between. Yeah, that was the question that was like lingering on my mind is like, where do friends come into the picture when you're kind of picking up and moving all the time and it's hard to invest the time and to understand the dynamics of friendships and then even with the kids that you're friends with, but then along with like their parents as well. And it's like, how do they uh, fit into the picture? But then to, uh, yeah, not be able to invest the time necessary to grow those bonds. Mm. I think, I guess you're like, you're lucky that you have your sister there and your family there, but then music was able to kind of uh, keep you company in times where there wasn't uh, uh, other kids. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it um, you, I don't think I could have said it any better. Um, you probably could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you synthesized it and, and made it a synopsis and made it make sense in a way that, you know, that's how I lived, lived life, you know, and it wasn't intentional until I started to realize how important music was. And when I re perceived its impact on my life, that's when I was like, oh yeah, I got to nurture this uh, for real. Because, um, yeah, man, it was, it was hard to, man, I I changed schools (laughs) once I was reintroduced back into public school, probably about three or four times Mm -hmm. before we landed at this, uh, place in Underwood or in Minnesota called Underwood. This is a town with a populace of 500 people, K through 12 school, you know, the only chocolate drop for miles, you know, the family of, of, uh, of four and uh, I tell you what, man, I had a fucking blast in high school. I I realized very early on my multidimensionality. And I was at this point in time where I was done, like we were talking about before. I remember specifically at this time, I was like, I'm done fighting my parents about this. We're, re- we're moving for a reason. And now that we're here, I get to find a groove. And I've always had this go along to get along mentality because it just seemed more comfortable for me to be still and allow things to move. And we, I always knew we would be okay. It's just moving so much and having so much inconsistency. Um, over time, it started to breed this uncomfortable feeling of like, damn, do I belong? Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you know, why do we got to move so much? Why can't, you know, I, I resented that for the longest time. What do you mean by understanding your multidimensionality in relationship to all of these moving parts in your life? Mm. Um, I realized early on that I, I, I'm just, 
I, I am sensitive to everything and I have the capacity to catch on very quickly to whatever the task is that needs to be done, whether that's figuring out how, you know, I was into computers early on. Like I would, you know, fucking break them shits apart and use just something to tinker around on as a kid, just to play with, you know, they didn't have a lot of toys, but had things. Um, but multidimensionality in, in terms of school, right? I was in, I was in band and choir and one act play and, um, you know, speech and was a tri-sport athlete for a while. And then, you know, once I figured out that I couldn't be everywhere at once, even though I wanted to, like, I couldn't just, I just couldn't wait to be in so many different social circles because I was so open to connecting that I was willing to do any and everything and be excellent at it. And, um, that was another thing that my parents instilled very early on. They were like, oh, and also (laughs) they divorced, (laughs) separated, and then decided to cohabitate because they knew that, you know, a family, a full family was stronger than just a single family. How long, how long was that break before they came back together to live in the same space? The break was probably a, a little over two years. Um, and it was a very strong developmental period in my life. Um, especially, man, when you said, when you said we are all, something to the likes of, we're all the examples of the father figures that we never had. Who said that? You did. When? Either you or Vincent said it. At uh, our breath work. Shout out to Vince. Shout out to Vince. But that hit home so hard because I'm like, I can draw from so many examples of of what to do and what not to do and how to be a man in in certain ways. But I feel like a lot of the work that I've been doing lately has been to the effect of like, how do I become the best version of me possible so that, you know, when it is my time to have children, I could be present, like, for real, you know? Um, But, yeah, um, the full household was great. You know, once we were all together in the same house and and we were were all good and and my sister and I were in a groove and I, I was ready to hit the ground running, man. Like, basketball was a huge passion of mine. I was a, a point guard. I did. Uh, I played AAU. I went to a myriad of different summer camps. Like I was really on that track of of being recruited, and I wanted a red shirt for a year and play for NDSU, <laughs> North Dakota State University. Um, that school was dope. It, it aligned with like my vision of like that championship shit, and like I just loved the grind and. Basketball in in high school, it's funny how, like, you get into tunnel vision after a while, and I kind of, like, I was so engulfed in this world that I really was, like, all in it. Like, football, Mm -hmm. I was, like, fucking, you know, we went to the state championship, like, every year, you know, like, just really loving that, 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 um, connectivity and, 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 um, kinship that I didn't have, that inconsistency of kinship that I didn't have from moving. So shout out to Underwood, you know, they, um, the town is, uh, it's just great. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, in the tundra, but it was, it was a beautiful place for, 
for me to to really explore and to man just uh exist to my to to some of my full potential right i i think uh there are a lot of times where i left it out all out there and then um man from there it was time to leave the leave the nest egg i um i had <laughs> let procrastination get the best of me senior year i was at this point where i was just like man I don't really want to do any of this shit, (laughs) but I gotta, I guess that was my whole thought process of like, I just didn't want to disappoint mom or dad or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know? So I went to community college about 20 minutes away from the crib and I decided to play basketball and I was going for nursing at the, at the time too. I wanted to be a a travel RN, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like it sounded dope at the time. I'm like, shit, you know, it's dope. It still is dope. It's still, you know, shout out to our healthcare healthcare workers. That's a serious job. Um, but yeah, my how how life changes and, and looks so different now. Most definitely, when you say like, I resonate a lot with what you said, and you said a lot. Um, the multidimensionality of our beings and like going through different phases and like which things stay and which things that we eventually like let go of and which things that we participate for a season, mm. um, all of them for a reason. But I experienced the same thing like with baseball because I identified as a baseball player like my entire life, like mm. growing up, like that was just my sport and didn't think of much outside of that. Um, and got, I think I, I just got like distracted. Like I didn't, I never had like leadership. I didn't have a male figure in my life to kind of show me the ropes and to, guide me and to push me and to to be a support so like i kind of just like fumbled the bag like i got tried out for baseball in college and like had a great tryout but like there was just like no follow-up like like i didn't have any like like a coach that was like like yo this is like the guy and like who's gonna do like the behind the scenes politicking Mm -hmm. on my behalf Mm -hmm. because i wasn't a boisterous kid Mm -hmm. so it's like like that's how a lot of kids are doing like school shit like going to college playing sports and shit is because they have somebody in their corner whether that's a coach or a parent or they know somebody that's able to get them in the school and able to get them playing time it's not all on talent and not having that uh, i feel like had like closed a lot of doors too soon for me because i wasn't going to go up to like the coach's office and be like hey like i deserve to be on this team because if i did Mm -hmm. i probably would have been on any team that I wanted to mm-hmm. go on to, but I wasn't that type of person. So like the, the, the fatherhood thing and the leadership thing is definitely something that's very like on the front of my mind mm-hmm. moving through life now is like, what kind of man do I want to be in the future for a family? If I, if that's in the cards for me, it's like, all right, what do I have to do to be the person that I needed in my own life? Um, but then also like, not shutting down parts of myself that are yearning to be expressed. Like, I wish I didn't quit baseball so early, but I'm so lucky that I have art, that I'm so lucky Mm -hmm. that I have my creative faculties Mm -hmm. that I can always tap into and my ability to communicate and to generally be curious about the world and starting to, not starting, but like understanding like what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And I think not, 
having the same thing over and over again, not taking mm. what's fed to me, but seeking out and see like, what do I want to feed me myself with? Whether mm. that's like media or food or experiences or people. Um, I think taking ownership of that process of like, what am I going to feed myself today? Mm-hmm. Um, and responsibility when it's not the best thing in the world, but it's like, I'm, I'm yearning or there's like, this void that I feel like I need to fill being conscious of why I'm filling that, that void with said substance or person or energy, mm. which is a good, it's a good, uh, place to be when you, when you assume the role of being in the driver's seat of our lives. Mm. You know what? I think the greatest gift that my parents could have given me without even knowing it is the ability for me to figure out what my definition of discernment is. And I think that's what you're speaking to now is that like after a while, you know, (laughs) my dad would always say this thing (laughs) whenever I like asked to do anything and it would fuck my head up because I'm like, why am I asking you? I'd be like, yo, can I go, you know, can I borrow the car to go hang out with the the, the homies? He'd be like, do you allow yourself? Do you allow yourself? Like awesome Morpheus shit. Mm. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Why am I asking you? Mm -hmm. But... uh, (laughs) And then, you know, when it came to making decisions about college, it was more like pressure that I was putting on myself for real. Because my mom was never like, actually, that's a lie. The first year she was like, yeah, you got to go. But after she saw how much, you know, struggle I was going through, and especially after my brain injury, I was like done with all of it. What happened? Dude, I fucking, you know, I was a scrappy player. So... Um, you know, I'm, I'm penguin diving on the, on the ground for ball, loose balls. You know what I mean? Uh Hustle guy. Yeah. And when that happened, I ended up, um, I mean, I watched this on tape afterward. I I didn't have any recollection of it before. I just woke up in the fucking hospital, (laughs) but I had slid on the ground and, um, bounced on the ball. And then with bouncing on the ball, my face was bouncing on the court and then a dude landed on me and then fucking was just like my head just smashed the ground super hard uh ended up having concussion pretty severe concussion um had some brain bleeding ended up having to sit in uh in my room in the dark room that was like another awakening right like another like what the fuck am i doing now i can't do anything i can't go to school i can't play basketball i can't fucking read there's words popping up out of the page i'm just like so i had to drop out I had to drop out, and uh, they put me on academic probation, and uh, I couldn't appeal it or anything, even though I was injured, and that was a whole weird weird and wild process, but I had to let go, right? I had to let go of what I thought was, and then move into this next stage of, of self-rediscovery, and so enter the Minneapolis move. I had always been, uh, I had always wanted to move back to Oregon. Like, I'd come here every other summer, and I enjoyed this space out here. You know, Eastern Oregon is beautiful. It's arid, it's dry, it's quiet, it's lush. That's Oregon, but, you know, just the, the high desert. I love that shit. And, uh, but I was always infatuated with Portland, so I, I started um, doing some research, and there was a company, um, that uh, called Recording Connection that had its headquarters here in Portland, but they also had connections in Minneapolis too. So I 
you know, made some calls and I interned at this studio, Winterland Studios in Minneapolis uh, for about a year. And um, yeah, that was like the, the reintroduction to like learning processes again and like actually going straight back to the beginning of like everything. I was like, oh shit, this is music. Like I, I can... I can't read sheet music anymore, but I can still play by ear and, and I'm learning more about like the engineering process. And that was a beautiful time too. Cause that was around the time where I was like, fuck it. I'm out. I packed up my Chevy Malibu and threw, you know, a hamper basket and a couple of those black chests from Walmart full of my stuff. And then I was gone. And, um, yeah, man, like that was the first time where I was like, you know what? I'm just making the decision before that I would be like, I would try to console people and people would kind of cast their doubts and, and their fears. And at this point I was like, I don't want anyone to convince me or make me second guess this decision. I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm just going and I'm fucking out. And, um, you allowed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I did dog. I did. Yeah. Was, that's some like wise shit though. Cause like they're, I think when we tell people things, it's like we're honestly like asking for approval. Even when we're just sharing, we think we're just like sharing the news of something that we want to do or whatever, but we like secretly like want the other person to be like really excited and Mm -hmm. to encourage us and and to basically like hold our hand through the Mm -hmm. process rather than just being like, oh, my mind's already made up. I'm Mm -hmm. just letting you know, which is a completely different energy um, and one that takes a lot of like practice and, and self-trust and, and knowing that everything's going to be all right on the other side and that you're still worthy of love on the other side of making that definitive mm-hmm. decision. Cause mm-hmm. I've, I've struggled with the need of, for validation, like my entire life mm-hmm. and not having the people around me to validate my intuitions and the things that I was feeling and felt called to go like the direction. So I was kind of paralyzed in fear, mm-hmm. like even like family and stuff. Like I would share something and there wouldn't be encouragement behind it. Mm-hmm. It would be like, Oh, did you think about this? Like and would inject fear into my decision making. So then I would just stay stuck and afraid to move forward. And then it would just be like, I wouldn't even try to do anything anymore or share anything because I just knew that I wasn't good enough or that I would doubt it or it probably wouldn't happen. And there's still like remnants of that, like in my being today mm-hmm. which i it's like a lot to to work through but now it's like i practice a lot by just like saying i'm going to do something and then just doing it mm-hmm. yeah where was so when you moved out here mm-hmm. like where where's music in your life and like the like when did you like i guess like backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. but like do you remember like your first songs and it was it like oh, i want to be like a world famous artist or whatever or is it more so just like a passion that just like like obviously like you're talented Mm -hmm. but it's like did you have like these grander aspirations or is it like (laughs) yo this is just what i do and what's gonna come of it is just gonna arrive naturally that's a great question man i've my musical history uh and my experience has been so great and vast that that the latter of what you're speaking about with with, is the energy I move with now. Like, this is just what I do. But yeah, man, I I went through the period of, I mean, I've been making beats since I was probably eight. You know, I've had these programmed 
Yamaha keyboards, 88 key. Used to go crazy on that. Moved into FL. And it didn't really click as far as me being um, an orator or poet, really, until maybe ninth grade. And uh, that's when I knew I had something with uh with words as well mm. but you know yeah man i i've, I've had these <laughs> you know when you're making beats and you're in that beginning process you think all your shit's hot <laughs> you know and i'd be like yeah this is fire but it really you know that that energy I'm, i still embody today but um i i used to i mean i still do envision myself you know performing in front of large crowds and i performed in front of you know multiple forms of crowds whether that was you know uh carnegie hall or kiwanis capers and in, in pendleton or you know various high school stages i've been in a bunch of different talent shows you know house parties um and ultimately now where i'm at is um i'm i'm curating I'm resurfacing the stuff that I, the, the enjoyment that I got out of rediscovering music in my childhood and injecting it into my self image, um, which is, you know, like you, like we were talking, alluding to before, multidimensional, vibrational, light source, love. Um, you know, I think, um, my, uh, my ear and my taste for for music is is pretty eclectic because i can go anywhere from you know i listen to the gorillas you know slipknot fucking limp biscuit mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you know lauren hill shit earth wind and fire the beatles i remember the first time i heard because by the beatles and that song in and of itself is a fucking trip it's like it's like it's dark it's milky it's like you're in a like a a sherbert electric (laughs) blue waterfall and you're just letting it like hit you you know i love i loved being able to feel those feels that music um that music can give you it's such a gift such a beautiful language to be able to to be able to manifest you know because we're pulling from the same source that all of these people that i've mentioned are pulling from that that universal source of creation and abundance and once i was able to tap into that is when i think i mean why we're here today you know the last project i dropped was the culmination of all of that the aha moment of like oh you can do this mm-hmm before we dive into your latest project, oh, yeah. what are some of like do you can you articulate like that essence from childhood that is present today because a lot of us aren't validated in our childhood for that initial essence mm-hmm. and we don't carry it. We have to rediscover it and realize mm-hmm. that it never left us in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like an aha moment for me of like mm. even like my paintings, even my art. It's like this is something that I've always done, but I haven't it hasn't always been a part of me. Like mm-hmm. it's always like I dip in and dip out and then it's like, Oh, it's been right under my nose this mm-hmm. whole entire time. So whether that's an experience or uh, an inspiration, can you recall those things that are present today that you've kind of 
polish the dust off of and and starting to anoint and raise above and be like no this is this is it right here like i knew i was right when i was 12. (laughs) that's such a good question man because my my story isn't unlike yours with falling in and out of love with the process because the process is what it is like as soon as i i remember exactly when as soon as i started attaching myself and my ego to music and and the outcomes I wanted to see from that, that's when I started to really resent music. I fucking, bro, I, there was a point in time right before I moved out here, actually, I got into a relationship and I could, I tell you, this shit happened like so predictably, like I just locked up my keyboard, you know, nothing was clicking for me. I felt like I had creative block where I was just like, everything I was putting out wasn't clicking. You know, the engineer I was working with at the time was not the best positive uh, figure, but, you know, I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and I could, you know, I could, I could really blame it on a lot of things, but it ultimately was myself and what I had attached myself to instead of just allowing it to be what it is, which is something that, sustains your life force you know like the more i tried to get something from it whether that was a connection or the idea of getting money from it um it tainted my love my like my undying love for for creating and just listening to music and getting back into that it um it happened pretty much as soon as i moved to portland man portland is a very beautiful place bro there there are so many channels here and vortexes and i couldn't tell you why i was called here five years ago but i i now can knowing what i know and um there's there's an a you know as much shadow as there is in, in the world there's an abundance of light sources here and spaces for us to be able to carve out space for us to breathe and to be still and to enjoy the the environment around us you know like i don't feel like everyone isn't i mean with the with the exception of covid everyone's not really in survival mode here you know it's like there's fucking you could walk outside and see berries growing on a on a fence or like just fig trees you know or like incredibly fragrant roses you know thyme and rosemary just hitting your face and lavender like that's the stuff that really the music of of our environment is what inspired me to get back into creating music for you know consumers and for myself because you know i'm also I still got that dog in me, you know what I mean? I'm like, mm. I'm like, I know I got it Hustle. there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Is, did you did you produce and write and perform the Kirill tape while you're out here? Or was that something that was already... So how long ago did that tape come out? That tape came out in June of this year. June of this year. Yeah. Dope. I remember because I hadn't listened to your music. I like we've met before, yeah. and it's like it takes a minute to like get around to like listening to people's music. Of and course, stuff. like somebody will send me something, and it's like, oh yeah, I listen to it, and it's like a minute, like months go by, and like, I haven't <laughs> even like looked at it or whatever. But I remember Heard like listening shit, to nigga it. Hated it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember listening to it, and I was like, oh shit, like you're fucking 
amazing. Oh man! And I remember you remember that day at the gym. Yo, it came up to <laughs> it me was at like, like five was like, in the morning. Yeah, it was like five, like five thirty like, in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, and we're like, we're both like at the gym, and like I didn't even know you. Like you went to the to the we went to the same gym, yeah. and I saw you, and we were over by like the bent like the dumbbell bench <laughs> yeah. press area by the by the mirror. I was like, I tapped you on the shoulder because you were just like in your zone. I was like, dog, I listen to your music. That shit was fire, <laughs> and you're just like, uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bro. I was like so like surprised and happy and I was like, man, that's so that's so dope. It's funny that, you know, how we end up ended up connecting too because in a in twenty twenty when I moved back here from fucking gallivanting around, my good friend Mackenzie, when I was working with her for a little bit, had mentioned your name and I had never actually two people. The person named um Azaday, who I don't know if you know, but she knows you. She knew your podcast and Mackenzie had both asked me about you. And, you know, it's because we were on the similar wavelength of like, we live in abundance. So like when, when we start to speak our truth, other people are like, hey, you do you know this person? Like you should get together with them. And so fast forward, what, maybe a couple months later and you had that uh, that dating thing. That shit was fire, too. That. um yeah, it was that uh, speed dating. Oh yeah, event. the Moxie. Yeah, yeah, we're actually doing another one, uh, January eleventh. Ooh, word, word. That'll you be fun. <laughs> I know your boys. Your boys. Uh, <laughs> your boys locked in. No, it, you know it's just it's so great being able to put out just put out frequencies and let things happen organically. And, and um, I thought that that morning, that time that you you didn't have to do that. You know, like you could have been like everybody else and just. I feel like I did. Yeah. And I, I think you you had to, you know, like it, just because I think planting those seeds, it's much more beneficial to both of us than just sliding in the DMs, which I've done, you know, to congratulate people or, but I just, I love sh- the idea of showing up and being like, Hey, like you're, that was, bro, that was like the, that made my whole fucking year. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just like, damn, like somebody's listening. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's a testament to the quality though. Cause it's mm-hmm. like. Like if it wasn't there, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have said anything. Like I would just be like, "Oh, there, there goes Adam, <laughs> yeah. lifting, working out." But it's like, <laughs> like the people that are, that guy. yeah, the people that are, like, I'm not gonna like talk shit about anybody, yeah. but like yeah. the people that are, like, putting themselves out there and like really like honing in on their craft and mm-hmm. are making like improvements and just like elevating like i've always tried to like speak to that regardless of what the medium is or if it's just personhood like just growth in general like mm-hmm. i i definitely feel like there's a lack of uh, uh people sh- like sharing like what they've seen like i'm mm-hmm. just saying what's obvious it's like it's like there's a growth there's a level of mastery over your skills mm-hmm. um which go to the stratosphere with I mean yeah your latest project <laughs> and I guess we can kind of dive into that like mm-hmm. sonically in just beats the pen everything was a complete level up and you said you dropped the Kirill tape in in June mm-hmm. and it's like you just dropped this tape what last month or November this month this, still this month December 9th December 9th so <laughs> December 9th from June to December 9th you completely transformed and elevated to a new level how would you describe that transformation process and what went into it that's such a beautiful question man um a a lot of introspective work like uh, moving here 
and allowing myself to be gifted and to receive was the biggest blessing ever and feel okay about that like connecting with dudes like straight up working at that warehouse in southeast shout out to the letterman boys but like meeting those people and working in the cannabis industry like that's what i wanted to do as soon as i moved here was like the catalyst for connecting even being here with you like jaron who's a fucking mastermind designer also crazy at mixing and mastering like he helped me really allow myself to let go and not be not hang on to every word it's just fun it's just play like not every song has to be the thing but then once you continue to squeeze out the poison then there's magic and then there's fucking drew the universe whom you've met before and and i can't wait till you guys really start to politic man because you both have such such beautiful intellects and souls and um he's just another 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 human that is able to see things for what they are and then he can like what he what he and i had done we spent a lot of alone time together on the Kirill tape um you know i produced a couple of songs on there probably half of that project it's 15 songs i produced all the intros and the interludes that's like my big thing like i love flow and i love telling stories and i love you know ethereal synthesizer strings and you know um i like to interject that in my music and and um you know with drew i was able to get into my ethereal hip-hop bag like i was like i want to put out a hip-hop album i'm just listening to red man push a t nas jay-z like that's all i was listening to for a year and then made that and then june came around and i'm not gonna lie to you when i dropped that project it restarted that process of of like the jaded feeling i felt initially when i had started taking music seriously professionally because i had this body of work and i prepared for it and you know i think the validation that you were speaking to earlier it just I wanted to release it without having to attach myself to it, but I'm also, I know that I'm still starting at square one, especially since I'm, I'm very much anti social media for the longest time. I was on a hiatus and getting back into the mix of it. I just felt all these gross emotions about getting back into social media and the fucking, the grunge work that you have to do to be seen. And, um, ultimately it was, It was a lot of nights of like, you know, maybe some sake was around or maybe some shrooms are around and and I'm by myself and and I'm crying and I'm fucking getting up in the morning and taking cold showers and and, and hot plunges. And and I'm asking myself, like, dude, you're you're starting to scratch the surface of like you what your sound is. And it doesn't. It doesn't have to be conventional, but it does need to be digestible. So just keep nailing into that. And I think with this next, this the I mean, yeah, I really wanted to go like R and B. Like as soon as I went off the off the rap stuff, I'm like, okay, that's there. I need a palate cleanser myself. And I had all these. I had I had an idea of making some beats. Shout out to TTL to the league is is Drew's um um an hour our beat collective producer collective 
but I was making a, a bunch of beats, bro. I went from making a beat every once and again to like really falling in love with it again. I was making five, 10 beats a day. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when you talk about the level up, being around these guys who have this ability and they've done the work. So it just like it exponentially got better because I'm around guys that are sharpening my sword too. So the sound was there, just the technicality wasn't. And so once I really tuned into mix theory and I'm like, okay, you know, here's what you need to do to make the kick sound harder or whatever the case is. Like I was really dialed into that. And um, the only beat on the project that I didn't produce was details. And that was produced by my homie Aaron. Uh, Aaron made it right. And um, I wish I'd produced it. That's why I was on there. I'm like, bro, this shit is is bananas. But it's, um, it's, it's beautiful, man, because I'm like, this is all in me. Like, you know, I wanted to make something that was like, that gave me the same feel of one, four, three by music soul child. And that's kind of where like, you know, um, good for that came from, but then it also has this like tiller aspect to it. And I don't know, it's just, I'm, I'm scratching the surface of something very, very powerful. And, and I'm grateful that I was able to take that time again. And like you said, I, I'm, I'm really holding, I've been holding my child like essence hand all year. Mm. And, uh, for real like really diving in and like reassessing like what are we what am i here for you know mac miller said what am i doing here you know like for real like Mm -hmm. what are we doing bro yeah i think you really like tapped in and and thank you for sharing that with all of us because it's like like the growth is there like and i think the ownership of the entire process is there taking your time and making sure everything was right instead of rushing something out for some other motivation it's like <laughs> you want to know it's crazy very, it's very like clear it's like oh like i need to be with this thing and nurture it till it's ready to see the world and however long that process is or how short that process is in some cases like that's the way that it needs to go and like i was completely blown away like when i heard it and i was like i remember texting you i was like i was like this is like seven legends put into one because i could hear like i could hear bryson i can hear drake i can hear uh dream in it i can hear hella dream in it i'm not even a huge dream head but like there's certain like melodic components that you hit and i'm like oh yeah that was a little bit of dream but then you'll go into somebody else Mm -hmm. but it's all you though and it's all the experiences that led you to this point to release it Mm. i think i have an idea i want to share a song for our listeners so you'll send me the mp3 we're going to listen to it now just so we're all listening to the same thing but do you have a a suggestion as to what song you would like to share with our listeners and then we can give like a little breakdown uh yeah let's do um shit that's that's crazy maybe we could do like oak park oak park yeah. Do you want to give Park. like a little pre preface to this song? Yeah. Oak Park um is loosely based off of a true story. Actually it is a true story. It it's it's all true. But um the inspirations on the song are Cooped Up by Post Malone and Cassie, Me and You, which is produced by Ryan Leslie. And um this is produced by me, of course, but those are my inspirations and uh here uh, Aaron's gonna Gonna bust this thing. Oak Park. Here we go. 
so excited to see you yeah. I just wanna hold you close I can't wait to be near you And I know them other guys that you've been fucking with No, they can't do what I do They taking their time, I'm quick to make the first move And I wanna be the one you wanna give it to I really like that Them niggas don't know you like that Got your legs in the air while I'm face deep And it make your heart show back I'm just here for your pleasure, I'll do anything for you Baby, that ain't no cap Just cause summer's almost over Doesn't mean that we have to end My feelings were real I didn't have to pretend And them other guys that you've been dealing with They should pay uh, You probably get this all the time But you deserve the world I text you on what's good I told you you should go and do And when you get here, I'ma put it down on you And I know them other guys that you've been fucking with No, they can't do what I do They take any time, I'm going to make Summer's almost over Doesn't mean that we have to end Suave the Jedi is in his bag <laughs> Let's go Let's fucking go Dude <laughs> And the whole album is just Banger after banger after banger Not like one hit wonder type shit How does that Like coming to the place where you're able to release something where you're like at your full superpower mm-hmm. like level because that's like not everybody gets to that point mm-hmm. like people who remind <laughs> me of that like ron is in that same category mm-hmm. where it's like you could just do what the fuck you want to do mm-hmm. it's like i think a lot of us as artists it's like we're kind of we don't have complete freedom because mm-hmm. we haven't mastered our crafts or whatever mm-hmm. it's like but with sonics and like you can basically pull any lever it's like you you can rap you can sing you can produce so it's like <laughs> when you have all these capabilities like putting into like what does that feel like <laughs> is what i'm trying to ask dude it's Cause like, discernment there's discernment mm, as well mm. you know what it feels like bro like it feels like it feels like Hmm. What position did you play in baseball? I came up playing catcher, and then I moved to third base because my friend Johnny, who's the guy that got drafted on our team, mm-hmm. played catcher, so I skedaddled to third. And third base, like, uh, I don't know, did you ever get, like, super energized by tagging somebody out or throwing the ball super oh, hard yeah. across oh, the yeah, field? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like I that out. fucking feeling of, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. like or maybe even deeper than that 
it feels it feels like um um I can't even really articulate it because it's such a it's such a positive feeling. I just feel more inspired to continue to dig deeper because I've done that was the reward for the digging that I'd done. Mm-hmm. That was like holy shit! Like it it it's not the end. Like I feel like I'm just starting. And I really am like with this with this project in particular and the things that I, I truly can can tap into um, and the resources. I mean, shout out to Page Street, bro. Um, that place is, is, is a wonderful place. It's a wonderful space. It, it, feel, it felt like church to me going there. And so every time I went there, I'm like, yo, I need I need to be intentional. I'm not here to fuck around. I'm here to make this as cohesive as possible but also not attach myself to it to the outcome i'm just letting it go and um it feels it feels amazing man it's like when you when you really gotta pee and you fucking let that thing go and you're just like oh (laughs) it's just like so satisfying or like any form of orgasm bro it like all of those pleasurable things that we we experience like that's what that felt like because it it truly felt like oh i finally figured you know when with math heads are like i figured out the pythagorean theorem (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh yeah 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 i'm like the the dots are connecting so for me the the work the reward is more work and i get to do this in such a fucking dope way that i'm happy about like I stopped sentimentalizing everything and holding and hoarding music on my hard drive. And and now I'm in a space where I could really look you in the eye and be like, I'm dope. And I could sit in that. I'm not conceited, but I'm dope and I'm ready to work. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. The gratitude on the other side. It's like, I have the opportunity to do this more. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. That's fucking awesome. So I mean, yeah, is streaming on Spotify, (laughs) wherever you listen to music uh yeah i just want to congratulate you on mm. such a beautiful project if y'all haven't listened to it check it out thank you brother so before we wrap up which this is like a whole another pathway mm. but when i when you got here we were talking and you let me know that you uh sat with grandmother ayahuasca mm. maybe like a week ago mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This question keeps coming up like on the podcast. Like I, I did a podcast with my uh, good friend slash ex roommate, uh, mm-hmm. Yine Tim. Um, and give I'm going to give a shout out to Lana, your uh, Boston Terrier. She's just <laughs> yeah. in her little jacket and loving on everybody. Um, but yeah, I did a podcast uh, with with Yine. We we did a ayahuasca ceremony together in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then in my latest Q&A um, somebody asked about ayahuasca and, and like, what did it give me and all that kind of stuff. But in your own words, what was your experience sitting with grandmother ayahuasca? Mm. Thank you. Um, I first off, um, want to say that it's a extremely humbling experience and it's not one that I personally would go, Hey, I want to go out of my way and try this. I think if you're curious about it, you should focus more on f- your frequency and realize that everything that you have is already right here. And that was the biggest lesson 
one of the biggest lessons that I had taken away from my experience was that, you know, even referring to my process, it's like when I was willing to surrender to the vibration and the frequency um, and step outside of myself and my ego and my wants and needs and desires, I was able to do something that I thought sounded like me, but is much bigger than me because it's all bigger than all of us. Um, I don't know if you want me to go in depth or, or super elaborate with whatever with you'd like to share. Cause it's everybody, everybody gets called at a different point in time. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like this, the experience of sitting with the medicine was calling for me at a specific time. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear and obvious that it was calling for me at a specific time. So maybe going into like how it came about and do you feel like that rings true for yourself as well like at this point in time does it feel like it was uh the necessary thing to go do Mm. wholeheartedly yes um it came about when i pretty much right after the release of of i mean yeah and i had this feeling of like just contentment in a way that i hadn't felt before it felt like i had just let go of a a weighted blanket that was just on resting on my shoulders and i i finally just was able to breathe and um i said out loud you know i'm done seeking and i spoke to my mom and and said that to her verbatim and i was like hey i feel like i'm at a space now in my life where i'm done seeking and i'm just allowing things to be what they are and when that happened is when I straight up shortly after that, like a, not even a day, I was, um, sorry, I burped into the mic. That was gross. I think that's the medicine still coming up too. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> oh, like, it stays with you for dude, sure. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I still taste it. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, a good friend of mine, um, confidant mentor guide was like, Hey, I have this thing. You want to go? And I said, sure. And um, I went on this this journey. And, um, you know, the messages that I'd gotten from Grandmother Ayahuasca are to, once again, focus on your your level of discernment, but to know that you are everything there ever was, is, and will be, and to um, remember your light. Like that was like everything because that's all that this is like. It's me trying to figure out in this world that's filled with darkness. And so am I, you know, I have a lot of shadow like everybody else does. And it's a part of who we are. Um, But once you surrender to that and know that you could feed off of it and allow it to influence the way that you love and uh, spread your light to other people and see light in others. Um, that's, that's I think, why I'm here, is to absorb as much light as possible so that I have the capacity to reflect it onto others. And, um, yeah, man, the, the, it's all here, bro. Like, we're it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the way that you are able to channel your expression through your art 
it's fucking incredible. It's like a it's a clear depiction of what's what's always been there, but what you've allowed to be. And this takes time, right? And time also is another thing that you start to understand more because it's so fleeting. And uh, the more that you can do things like this, the more that you can remember. (laughs) And uh, this is a way that you can reflect to other people. Like, hey, this is here for you too. You just have to figure out what that is for you. And everyone's experience is going to be different. Um. And I know the messages that I got were for me and for me to integrate into my life. And I feel like I'm, I've already been doing that. And that was the reassurance that I had needed, especially around the time where I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done searching. I'm surrendering. It's not that I'm done with life. Like life, I feel like I'm, I'm experiencing things again for the first time. Like, and that's such a... Like, I'm so grateful for that. I have a whole new appreciation for life. And um, so much so, I can't I can't wait to be a father of my own, you know? Now that I know, like, I'm, I'm doing the work so that I, I don't pass down trauma through my DNA. I mean, it's still there. I have a shit ton of work to do. But what I learned from that experience was, and this is exactly, exactly what I had perceived she told me. She said, it's okay everything's okay you know where you're going all you have to do is play and so that's what i'm here to do you know i'm here to soak up the abundance of this beautiful space that we live in 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 portland oregon like it's fucking it's such a beautiful place and um there's so many beautiful people injecting beautiful light into this space and that's why i feel like i'm called here because i'm also a part of that process and i see that through the likes of aaron robinson you know um just a fucking he's a sun baby <laughs> you know straight up sun baby every time i see this cat this motherfucker's glowing dog like and that's that's um that's what makes it all worthwhile is that we're all here just like holding each other's ethereal souls you know everything everywhere all at once all the time it's all happening but it's right here and um that's the message so hopefully whoever's listening if you go on your journey i i ask that you set your intentions no matter what if this is something you feel that you're called to set your intentions for for yourself and make sure that you're doing this for yourself because you're going on this shit alone, like alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do think, and everything you said is absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, but I think it is important that you're already starting on like a healing practice before you go in. Like you want to mm. go in like doing like the the easy, like the low hanging fruit of like the self analysis and and on the journey of self discovery and meditation and like thinking about like how to be healthier and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like already be on the on the path before mm-hmm. you take that dive. Because I feel like 
showing up to ceremony as like a daily meditator at that point mm -hmm. and have already been oriented towards my own growth mm -hmm. coming out of it like i know how to like apply the things that i left with mm -hmm. instead of it just being so out of body experience it was kind of like a reaffirmation of like oh i knew that this was always true mm. but i didn't i didn't have the proof but now that i have the proof <laughs> i can walk through life more confidently and not be clinging and striving granted it's like i have my shadow too and it comes out it's been wanting to play this last this holiday season for sure for sure but like having the kind of panoramic view of like the whole human experience that is highlighted within um ceremony allows me to just like take it for what that is of, of it teaching me but knowing that i had the tools before the ceremony and after the ceremony to keep realigning myself to god spirit consciousness and all mm -hmm. the above dope well this was an amazing podcast <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share with our beautiful listeners oh i uh just want to thank you aaron for uh providing this this platform for us to get to know each other honestly and just elaborate on a, a, a brotherhood that i i hold so dear um and then to the listeners you know Go support both Aaron and my my stuff. Aaron's got a wonderful podcast out here. He's got more than a hundred uh, episodes, just straight game. Um, and then you know, Suave the Jedi on uh, Instagram and uh, Spotify and Apple Music. Go ahead and bless bless your ears. Bless your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. Well, dude, I appreciate you so much. Um, yeah, you're amazingly talented. You're as deep as they come, like it's very rare that I run into folks like you and I, I truly appreciate the man that you are and excited to watch your journey, but then also be a part of your journey. So I'm here for you, whatever you fucking need. Um, so yeah, thank you, Adam. And thank you all for listening to Opening Presents. We did it! <laughs> Let's go. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> yeah. Hey. 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 Yeah. Hey. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I feel great. I feel great. I feel great. Know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? 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 Bitch, I'm up. 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 Bitch, I'm up.
know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. It's a cause for a celebration. I wanna be me when I'm older. Mama, it feels like I made it. Yeah, I got power like solar. You think that you cold? I'm colder. I'm hard as a boulder. The world on my shoulders. I praise it up easy. My heart is golden and I used to rollin' Off of all these drugs, I'm lit off a bean. I stay in the light, but don't wanna be seen. Me and the homies going to the league. You watch from the bands or maybe the seats. Swap with the jet. I been smoking, got red eyes. I'm running it back. I gotta get racks. I'm vibing. I don't be provoking the whole shit. I'm focused on cake. Yeah, I'm getting paid. I told you, I told you, I told you. I'm. It's lit.